You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hello, welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez. Sitting across from me in the virtual space is... Ify Wadi Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. If you look slick with your hair and... Oh yeah! I saw. I got to see the process happening as you were doing it. Yeah, yeah. I got. It got straightened. It got pressed. Every time I anyone puts a pressing comb on a stove, I just get like tense because there's so <laughs> many memories of of burn marks right on the forehead because uh, that pressing comb got too close. But uh, no, you know, my barber. She's a professional, and she pressed my hair out and then braided it. Now uh, we're just living life. <laughs> Yes, we have um, we have some news that we wanted to share with everybody. Yeah, yeah, some big news. Go ahead, take a seat. Uh, you know, uh, come, come, come in. Go grab a grab a coffee uh, because it's time for us to tell y'all. You know, there, there, there are there are one pieces that go on for nine hundred and thirty three episodes and sixteen movies. Uh, you have you know Inuyasha, which I still never ends you know even dbz that go on forever and then you have you know goran lagan 26 tight episodes uh you have uh megalobox another tight anime series these are the ones i like even though i do like dbz i think this is the the way we're, we're trying to say is we're taking nerdificent in for a landing a permanent landing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're landing it, putting it in the hangar and closing the door. <laughs> we, um, yeah, Ify and I, you know, we've been doing the podcast for, I think, over two years, actually. Yeah. I think when we did our promos, it was 2017. Yeah. If I remember when we oh, yeah. first were recording. But, um, yeah, and this isn't a, this isn't iHeart's decision. I just want to yeah. say that this was Ify and I's decision. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, being yeah. cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't cut us. Uh, honestly, they probably would rather we didn't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah 
We just uh, felt that this was the a good conclusion to something mm-hmm. that we've done. And if you were with us before, we were doing Krill in it for however many years. And oh, so yeah. it's been about, you know, six years. And so oh, yeah. I think that we... Um, are just ready to to close the chapter of Nerdificent. I think that it'll still exist. You can still listen to all of the episodes. You can still point to people if you are, I don't know, going on a panel and talking about Wonder Woman. Our Wonder Woman episode is still great. Our Miles Morales episode is still great. If you're trying to get your niece or nephew into this fandom, you can still send them these episodes. Um, <laughs> and you can still hit us up to be on panels. But yeah, we yeah. just... Uh, we decided that uh, next episode is going to be our last episode, so we're going to do some commemorative stuff with some past guests. Uh, definitely shout us out on our socials if you have good Nerdificent memories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just felt like it was time, and so we wanted to tell y'all so we didn't just disappear <laughs> to yeah, the yeah. ether. <laughs> yeah. Just give y'all a heads up so that you don't start the next episode, and it's like, hey, by the way, this is it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thank you so much to all our listeners, to everyone who supports us it means a lot i mean you're definitely not going to see the last of us but you know uh you probably won't be uh downloading anymore well you can save up some space on your phone now yeah don't let anyone take our name though i think iheart still owns it yeah 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 but i did want to bring in our guest this week we were talking about pixar and she mm-hmm. was actually on our uh our haunted mansion episode as she is the queen of disney it is sabina graves hey yeah hey everyone uh- Thanks for calling me the queen of Disney. I like yeah. that. <laughs> there are many. There should be more Disney queens. We have too yeah, many yeah. Disney a lot princesses. Of princesses is not enough queens. <laughs> um, speaking of, who is your favorite Disney princess, Sabina? It's Belle. <laughs> I'm actually wow, straight off Belle. the bat. Yeah, yeah, you are weirdly wearing wearing Belle right now. <laughs> One of my favorite things about her for the Disney Princess panel I did last year that um, Paige O'Hara, who's the voice of Belle, was on and that she was talking about. It was like this woman who was like, no, I don't want to marry you. I just want to read my books. Like, get out of here. Like, it was so funny to have this princess that was like actively turning down, you know, not to not to go after Ariel, uh, (laughs) who I adore, but was chasing after a prince. But um, for her to be she was captured. She felt, you know, Belle was captured and eventually fell in love but to have this suitor and her be like nah i'm i'm good i'm not gonna be your wife like lol to that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i like how it takes a look at a toxic masculinity and uh i think you know the beast grows out of it and then gaston does not even though he's seen as like you know the town hero and stuff like that and yes spoiler spoilers Spoiler, he has a bit. (laughs) It's like 20-something plus years spoiler. Spoiler alert. Uh, But yeah, today we are covering Pixar. I guess we'll just go, like, what is everyone's favorite Pixar movie before we, I hop into it? What a a good question. Mm. I would definitely say. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say Sabina probably has one ready to go, so I'll let her. Um, I have, like, a tie between Wally and Coco. Uh. Wally was my longtime just favorite uh, Pixar film. You know, it's such a simple, like, like simple story that is told through, like, you know, this like space and um, the commentary about like protecting our planet, but also just the beauty in, um, like the exploration of these emotions through robots that, you know, like robots don't have emotions, but you know, Wally and Eve are so expressive and, uh, effective in, uh, you know, seeing a future we don't want to have, 
but also seeing the importance of what is worth fighting for in life. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, it's so hard because they've done so many and just mm-hmm. refreshing. I'd say, I'd say before I would have probably set the Toy Story series, that, that probably would have been mine. Toy, Toy Story 4 I felt was really strong, but I think it, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Coco. Coco is just so, there's just so much more flavor uh yeah. <laughs> in that movie than than uh than it than in the other ones and it and it's and i hope it's something they take note of because i mean uh you know uh just in general i think a lot of the like very i guess you would say like legend-esque movies are so eurocentric you know yeah. with your braves and even um you know uh, uh, uh what's the what's the one is is that's not Sorry, because Pixar and Disney are so neck and neck that I get afraid of like confusing the the two. But yeah, for them, whenever they step out and like use like a cultural voice, it just makes it so much stronger. Ratatouille with the French, you know. Yeah, <laughs> mine um, are both of those. I would say Coco is so representative obviously of my heritage that it was so anytime honestly anytime I feel bad as a creator like my voice doesn't matter I'm not doing enough or like I'm not supposed to be here or anytime I'm just feeling really down I'll watch it and be like hell yeah I will through tears then I'll go and want to write but Toy Story um was so groundbreaking at the time like just to have that type of animation style and the humor it was it's really funny and something that i think adults enjoyed as well it had a a lot of adult like inside jokes that i wouldn't have gotten until i was older so um yeah mine's definitely both of those two nemo Nemo is great i love how movies like nemo and toy story informed our senses of humor i would say in very many ways you know we like uh he touched the butt which I feel, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the start of Pixar. Pixar Animation Studios is an American computer animation film studio based in Emeryville, California, and a part of the Walt Disney Studios group. The studio has earned 27 Academy Awards. Honestly, thought it was more than that, but um, eight Golden Globes, three Grammy Awards, along with many other awards and acknowledgments. It's best known for its CGI animated feature films created with photorealistic render man, its own implementation of the industry standard render man image rendering application programming interface used to generate high quality images. So Pixar actually began back in 1979 as the graphics group, part of the computer division of Lucasfilm. Before it was acquired by Apple computer co-founder Steve Jobs in 1986, the Walt Disney Company bought Pixar in 2006 at a valuation of $7.4 billion dollars. The transaction made Jobs the largest shareholder in Disney. There's a lot of big names in there, from it being with Lucasfilm to Steve Jobs, just r- people that were at the forefront also of this type of technology in film. Definitely. And it's all these yeah. people who kind of like oh, yeah. knew each other coming up. So, because I know that Lasseter had left Disney when he had uh, met up with Steve Jobs and Ed Catmull in the early days of Pixar. And that they had set up to do some computer science stuff, but ended up doing, you know, more of computer animation for commercials. And from there, that kind of like snowballed into let's make some short films in this style, which led to Toy Story. 
And mm-hmm. so now, kind of like what you were saying, Iffy is at their neck and neck. What mm-hmm. what um so Walt Disney Animation Studios is in Burbank, California. However, it's hard to tell the difference between the two because it used to be 3D animation, right? And then the mm-hmm. 2D animation. Yeah. So Toy Story was coming out when, say, they were still making Princess and the Frog or Pocahontas, which was several years before, or Mulan. You know, they it was easy to differentiate between what was Pixar and what was Disney or Walt Disney Animation. Yeah. Um, now... Moana is Walt Disney Animation. Mm-hmm. Frozen is Walt Disney Animation. Ralph. A lot of people will say like, "Oh, you're a Pixar character." I'm not. I'm not. Ralph no. is not Pixar. That's yeah. all. But it's very confusing now that they're using. Oh yeah. 3D yeah. animation. If you would have asked me, I would. I would have said, yeah, I would have said that that was uh, Pixar. That's why I had to catch myself when I was saying the Eurocentric, because in my head, uh, uh. Frozen is Pixar because you're right. It used to be that Pixar did all the 3D animation and then Walt Disney animation did the 2D. And uh, now it's just uh, they, they they just do what they do. <laughs> it gets so confusing because there was a point in time where Disney separately was trying to do computer animation than Pixar. So they did Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons. Meet the Robinsons is, is actually one of my favorite movies. It's mm-hmm. it's not Disney. Oh, no, it is Disney. But it has, like, the Pixar touch. They had uh, some of the story trust from Pixar come in and try to kind of, like, uh, fix that movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I love it for all its imperfections, honestly. Um, But uh, it's based around one of my favorite Disney quotes, which is keep moving forward. And that uh, I I take that with me everywhere in my head. Just, like, keep moving forward, keep moving past things. Oh, yeah. Work through it and stuff. Um, But, yeah, so... After those two films, and then like Tangled and like two onward, basically, I guess, (laughs) because like now it's like there's it's just this big mishmash of like CG feels like Pixar, but it's some some of it's Pixar, some of it's Disney. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, no, for a while it was very Eurocentric, and uh, I really like how with Onward, with Onward, Pixar tried to make a Eurocentric movie, but with blue people. So, you know, we all know Pixar is this like huge success and big, you know, part of Disney history. But I mean, at first, I think one of the first things is that it was they worked with Disney, but they kind of because now technically Disney owns it. Right. But before Mm -hmm. it was like they were their own entity and they and, it, you know, it it, CGI isn't cheap. And so (laughs) uh, so like, you know, they're, they're. first big concept really which was toy story uh was 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 kind of just touch and go like it wasn't the it was it wasn't like like we look back and we're like oh yeah that's a smash hit of course but getting it onto the screen was was a challenge i mean despite uh the total income from the projects before they continue to lose money and jobs and as the chairman of the board and now uh at the time of this full owner uh uh, they like sorry Steve Jobs yeah yeah Steve, yeah Steve Jobs was considering selling it uh, and as late as 1994 it, it was they were still trying to figure out uh, what they were going to do they were trying to sell it to like Hallmark uh, to Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen or Oracle uh, which uh, what is that world Oracle makes like Java that you <laughs> that you use online and they they do a lot of cloud servers now but yeah I, I, I you know what is the world in which they took over Pixar <laughs> or Hallmark. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, they would make those movies a little bit better. Yeah. But, so, um, so many yeah. CG Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so it was only after learning that from the New York critics that Toy Story was probably going to be a hit and confirming uh, that Disney was going to distribute it in the 1995 Christmas season that they decided to give Pixar one more chance. And for the first time, uh, he was taking uh, Jobs was taking active leadership in the company and made himself CEO. And Toy Story then went on to gross more than $373 million worldwide. Uh, and that's when uh, Pixar held its first initial public offering, which was in November 29th of 1995. And it exceeded Netscape. Uh, y'all remember Netscape? Yeah. <laughs> as the biggest IPO of the year. And in only the first half hour of trading, Pixar stock shot up from $22 to $45. Man, if I could have known, I mean, I was a child. <laughs> but putting money in back then. Uh, delaying uh, trading because of unmatched buy orders. Shares climbed up to $49 before closing at the day uh, at $39. Which, man... The, yeah, it's always funny because, like, of course, now you're thinking, man, I wish. But if you were like this animation studio uh, that's kind of new, you're you'd probably be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. One of the crazy things, though, is that during this time, Steve Jobs pulled, you know, some of the main people at Pixar aside and was like, you know, I make computers. You That computer reaches your doorstep. It's good for three to five years. You have the potential to make things that will be um you know, immortal that will just go on and, you know, open the hearts of like families all over the world. And that's essentially what Pixar ended up becoming. Mm. Yeah. So in the 1990s and 2000s, they gradually developed the Pixar Brain Trust, which if you're a Disney person, you've heard this quite a bit. I think actually before, do you remember, Sabina, the short that they showed of this? Gosh, what it was like before a movie, maybe Finding Nemo. It was like they showed um, some of the cre- the directors sitting around a table and they were talking about how they essentially at this one meeting came up with what would eventually be Toy Story and um, Monsters, Inc., and do you remember that? I'll have to I, send it up. Yeah, I don't exactly remember which one it was in front of. But I loved when like movie studios would do that, like behind the scenes before the movie to kind of get you like interested in like, this is how we make things. Um, but yeah, no, like the Brain Trust was originally composed of the original filmmakers, you know, Lasseter, Ungrich, Dr. Stanton and Joe Ramph, who was their story supervisor. Um, but they basically all came together to, you know, imagine the house that Pixar would become. And I think mm-hmm. that it's definitely like originated by some of those conversations they had early on with Steve Jobs mm-hmm. about what they could do as filmmakers. We have to take a really quick break and then we're going to hop back into more about Pixar right after this. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. 
LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back. We are still talking about Pixar. And before Mommy and Daddy got married, they had a bit of a feud together, <laughs> Disney and Pixar. Oh, they had been married. They had no, an they entanglement. Were... <laughs> <laughs> Pixar Pier is in Disney's California Adventure at Disneyland. It's across, a little across the way from Disneyland proper. Um, and it is filled. I was there before. I mean, I was there before it was Pixar Pier, to be honest. Um, I was there before California Adventure existed. But oh, yeah. um, um, it is a great, it has our favorite place to drink. When yes. Sabine and I go, we drink. We just go drink there. And it's uh, also. Which is the Lamplight. Yeah, which is a restaurant. Lounge. It's okay. So here's the thing I'm explaining to Pixar fans who haven't been there because it is really great. So it overlooks a pier, which has the um, scream in the uh, incredible, Incredicoaster. Incredicoaster, yeah. Has the Formerly known as Screamin'. Screamin'. California, <laughs> California <laughs> Screamin'. Formerly yeah. known as Screamin', the Incredicoaster. Um, but it overlooks the water and the Mickey Ferris wheel. And they have, it's just decked out in Pixar everything. So it has the Toy Story ball. Sorry if that has an official name. I forgot. The um, Mickey Ferris wheel is now the Pixar pal around, but it still has the Mickey face um, <laughs> on, on it. But my, my favorite thing about Lamplight, the actual place, is that it's all decked out in Pixar stuff. Everything is Pixar themed. Like all the drinks, like for the adults, mm-hmm. they have like Monster Inc. Like the scream whiskey canister. drinks. Yes. They have drinks the that t- bu- like cauldron drink alcohol that like they put something in and it bubbles and you drink it and can get you drunk. Um, I just love it because it's my two favorite things. I sound like an alcoholic. What I'm saying is I love being an adult (laughs) and having the money to buy 
Pixar things, like Disney things, but also having fun with my adult friends. Um, and so they have a ton of quotes and artwork. Like they have a lot of art, Pixar art inside the restaurant. It's really just beautiful and I adore it. Um, but Pixar Pier has a lot of the games, like Toy Story games, Monsters, Inc. Um, they now have Coco stuff in there. They have an entire Coco mural actually mm-hmm. there. So it's, uh, Yeah. Did I do it justice, Sabina? <laughs> so the Monsters Inc. Ride is actually separated from Pixar Pier, but that was there before Pixar Pier happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, no, I love all the murals. And yeah, the Lamplight Lounge is so much fun to go to with friends because we're having all these fun fizzy drinks that are like very, you know, on brand for Pixar. But we're surrounded by, you know, original art uh, from the studios that is stuff from pre-production on the walls. They have those quotes. They also have like the uh, the crew shirts that people uh, get from working on the productions that are like way cooler than some of the stuff we have that I'm like looking at. They have a they had at one point, I think, a, a Coco shirt that was a Day of the Dead um, skull, but it was styled like Sid's shirt from Toy Story. Mm. Oh, that's and cool. Yeah. That is so rad. I'm like, I, just, I need one. I need one of those in my life. I think one of my friends actually got one from going to Pixar. Um, but yeah, like, and you're just like hanging out, having drinks, and uh, having. Yeah, yeah. Watching it get built out was wild, too, because it, yeah, I remember early the biggest Pixar kind of footprint that you had in California screaming. Uh, or California Adventure, uh, sorry, was the Bugs Life. But then you had the things where they did a full remodel. I think I was working, I was working at Disneyland at the time, but they fully remodeled uh, California Adventure to look like um, uh, Car- the Carthay Circle, and that's when they started adding the Pixar Land. And one of the biggest kind of uh, turnouts that came, and probably is my favorite part of that, is going to be the Cars Land uh, <laughs> because the the ride is like pretty pretty cool, but the like those cone the the cone of like chili chili con cheese, queso yeah yes. yeah it was, <laughs> is uh, undefeated uh probably my favorite but yeah that was the biggest thing is that uh and you know y'all talking about the drink but that was the biggest piece of trivia is that uh that was the only place you can drink in disneyland because the only or in in the two combined parks because outside of that the only place you can drink in disneyland was club 33 um I don't yeah. know if that's changed or since downtown then. Disney. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Like in, in parks. Now it's yeah, in parks. Cantina, a galaxy's mm-hmm. edge. Also, you can read yeah. oh. those drinks are very overrated. Oh, really? That's, that's, wow, that's, the, that's wow. the, yeah, I've, I've okay. heard people say the other, I just, cause people like the tingly mouth one. I have, I haven't seen any, I haven't been to galaxy's edge yet. <laughs> seen, yeah. But I um, need the tingly mouth drink. Going back to the cars ride uh, and cars land. Uh, the Cars Ride is my favorite Cars movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, what? Can you, I'm sorry, say that again? The Cars Ride is my yeah. favorite Cars movie. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like lost. I thought you were saying like, that's your, just a, just no, I thought you were that saying that that's cars. your favorite. Okay. I understand you now. I thought you were saying that Cars was your favorite Pixar movie. And I was no. like, ma'am, why, <laughs> ma'am, why are you on this? <laughs> it's It's great. No, it's just like you're going through like, um, you know, the, uh, what's it called? The ornament of the, the uh, radiator springs, radiator springs, yeah, you're just going through radiator springs, but the ride is just so much fun. Like I liken it, it to the Pandora ride 
at Disney World, where that is also my favorite Avatar movie, is that ride. Um, no, just like they make some really great high concept thrill rides for some of the biggest IPs, you know, and some of the other ones, they kind of just slap the IP on the ride, like the Incredicoaster. Um, but yes, you know, like, you know, I think Cars Land was like the biggest like sign for people to redirect them to California Adventure because, oof. Uh, my girl California Adventure was not doing good. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it was definitely a, a high mid for a lot of people. Uh, the biggest highlight for a lot of people I spoke to is were was the soaring over because you got the smells blown at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you could I could do a whole episode just on Disney Park culture because that's a whole underworld that I knew all too well and got angry at times about and just. It's, uh, you know, it's a I whole thing. Be, I may be involved with something like that yeah. in, in the near future, actually. Mm. <laughs> yeah. About the theme parks with, with, a, with a mutual friend of everyone here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, like, uh, no, definitely with the IP of Pixar moving to Disney's California Adventure, it opened up new avenues for these worlds that we've always wanted to be a part of uh, to be places we can go to. Like now there's a whole ride based on inside out called emotional whirlwind, which is a reskin of a ride from a bug's land, but it's still mm-hmm. cute. Cause you get like the sound effects of like the orbs spinning and like you're on this ride where you're, you're on an emotional whirlwind. Well, speaking of a bug's life, which was the <laughs> second film, <laughs> Solid, Pixar's, solid. <laughs> Pixar's second film, A Bug's Life. Um, almost all subsequent Pixar feature films that were shown in theaters had an original short film shown before it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you can actually, one of my favorite things on um, Disney Plus is you can uh, go yeah. and watch. Mm-hmm. All of the shorts, and also they're just constantly coming out with new shorts. I think it's a great way, aside from some of them being Academy Award winning, but it's a great way for a lot of these artists to kind of get their foot in the door, get their name out there. That's kind of their, um, I got to see, not that Ralph was the same, obviously it's at Walt Disney Animation, but I got to see the process of how you get promoted to getting to direct, like moving from lead, sto- moving from storyboard artist to lead storyboard artist to director, really fascinating. Um, a lot of the people there have been working there for a decade plus, Um, But yeah, so Pixar began producing shorts in the 1980s, actually. The first shorts were made while Pixar was still a computer hardware company when John Lasseter was the only professional animator in the company's small animation department, starting with Gary's Game or Jerry's Game after Pixar had converted into an animation studio. All later shorts have been produced with a larger crew and budget. And then in 1991, Pixar made four CGI shorts produced for the TV series Sesame Street. The shorts illustrate different weights and directions starring Luxo Jr. If you don't know Luxo Jr., that is the lamp. And Luxo, light and heavy, surprise, up and down, and front and back. Um, So what are some of y'all's... Do do you have any shorts that stand out to you? Uh, They were definitely... Because that used to be one of my favorite parts of Pixar movies were the shorts that came uh, before it. Um, I did mean, not want to be late to the movies. Yeah, <laughs> you just wanted to catch some of those early, uh, early joints. I mean, hmm. mine. What? What? Sabina is the one with the guy playing chess with himself. Wasn't that Jerry's game? 
Oh, yeah. So, yes. <laughs> uh, so, I have seen, yes, 100%. You are absolutely correct. My recent favorite, everyone should go watch, is Out. I actually shared it on my Insta stories. We can link it. You can go watch it right now. Um, it is, I think, their first main queer story, a short story, short, um, about a guy who's afraid to come out to his family. It's great. And in the traditional Pixar style, um, very heartwarming and has great build. They're just really great at doing that. There's magicalness to it. There's a magical component mm -hmm. to it. So sorry, that's part of their Spark Shorts series. Mm -hmm. I should say that Spark Shorts. And, different and those than just their have been so great, you know, with, uh, Float by Bobby Rubio, which is a Philippinex Filipino story, um, mm -hmm. and also Bao by Domi Shi, um, which like, won the Academy yeah. Award in 2018, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also made me very hungry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the ones that you know incorporate the different flavors of everyone's backgrounds and stuff, and even going back to other shorts before, like Spark Shorts. Uh, Sanjay Super Team was one of my favorites. I think that one was before The Good Dinosaur, and that was about Sanjay Patel kind of growing up on a show like Power Rangers and then uh, basically extending himself to see people that look like him be a like uh, mashup of his culture and the power Rangers and how like that would look like in his imagination. Like that made me cry so much. Um, you know, it's interesting because we want to see more consistent uh, films with uh, more inclusion behind the helm of these big movies. But with the shorts, you definitely like, I guess, you know, like you said, that became the testing grounds for people to get moved to the next level. Mm -hmm. mm. Someone that we should note that we haven't said yet is Brad Bird yeah. um, as being someone who has definitely had a large role in shaping Pixar. Obviously, oh, he yeah. is the director of The Incredibles, which to many people is, along with Toy Story, one of the most iconic Pixar films. Uh, something that I think took 14 years, I believe, for a sequel. Is that correct? Yeah. When people were writing Brad Bird. They were like, "Would you? will you do another we were, one? Like, <laughs> getting all these car sequels. And meanwhile, like all the incredible stands were like, "Where? where's our sequel? You left us hanging. <laughs> like, why is yeah. there Cars 2 right now? Mm -hmm. Where is Incredibles 2? Like over the years. And that, those uh, wishes were finally answered a few years back with the Incredibles 2. Well, I see a very um, controversial question here from super producer Joelle Monique, which says, some believe that The Incredibles is one of the greatest superhero stories ever told. Do you agree or disagree? Looks like she's trying to bait us. <laughs> <laughs> Ify, what do you think about Incredibles? I think it's I think it's pretty solid. I mean, you know, there are while there are like family superhero stories uh, told, they're always like superhero as family and i feel like uh the incredibles are family as superheroes which is a different uh similar but different kind of i think spin on it so uh i i think it definitely can sit at the table uh but the greatest uh is definitely it's gonna be hard to top uh all-star superman for me <laughs> i think spiritually uh, an interesting thing that has happened with pop culture uh is Take The Incredibles, for example, 
is that The Incredibles is seen as a spiritual sort of reimagining of beloved stories like Fantastic Four and like the X-Men. Like, oh, they did some of these things we've seen in the comics uh, in this film way better than some of those films at the time, you know, like the Jessica Alba Fantastic Four movie or slash Chris Chris Evans or like, you know, some of those X-Men movies. People were like, we're seeing some of these things we liked about these properties in The Incredibles and they're pulling it off. Like, this is how it should be. I like this idea of like spiritual sort of like reimaginings and reboots that are like really good at uh, distilling some of these stories that we love and the core of what they mean to us. And instead of just remaking it, like uh, one of my examples that I kind of point to all the time is the Phantom of the Opera. Um, Amazing book. All the adaptations like kind of like try to tackle like just certain beats of it. And then like the mask and he's disfigured. And uh, but there's a movie called The Phantom of Paradise by De Palma that just takes the core of the message behind the Phantom of the Opera and uh, is the most faithful adaptation. And I'm tying this back to Pixar because um, you have Hunt for the Wilder People, which was directed by Taika Waititi. That is basically a spiritual like adaptation of Pixar's Up that I actually kind of think is a bit more effective than Up. I don't know if y'all have seen Hunt for the Wilder People, but it is basically the story of a like grumpy old man who has to take in a young kid and they go on an adventure in the woods, uh, in the jungles of New Zealand. And um, basically it's, it's, it's up, but like very raunchy and hilarious and heartfelt. Um, It hits all those emotional beats of a Pixar story um, that, you know, I think honestly draws from, the DNA of what has made these movies stand apart from Disney movies. And what I mean by that is that Pixar films are about asking questions about the human condition. And before then with other Disney movies, we were doing, you know, things about like, I want to like, I want to meet the love of my life or, you know, like these very like Eurocentric stories that were about those like fairy tales and stuff. Pixar kind of helped break ground in separating itself from that which is why i think it stands as, a, as its own entity what i was gonna say that i do enjoy about brad bird's work is he clearly is influenced by this mid-century modern uh post-world war ii type of feel like he had that in the iron giant which he directed um and definitely in the incredibles if you look at the architecture the hairstyles the wardrobe and so i find that really fascinating it's all very like that mixed with today's technology i always am i always think that's really cool because it reminds me of some of my other favorite things like um twilight zone you know Mm -hmm. or um just like that period of time where it's very sleek but they were also super into aliens and (laughs) you know uh possible spaceships and whatnot and so i find that really cool that he kind of just like has centered in on that time period those timeless touchstones that like get carried on through pop culture of things that like we you know, grew up on, but then like also look back and are like, oh my gosh, this is like the Twilight Zone. Uh, One of the things I noticed about like movies that Pete Docter did um, was that after Pixar uh, for a time uh, had some of their storytellers kind of um, take care of the Ghibli films when Disney acquired that for a while, they were in charge of sort of restructuring them slash casting the voice actors for American audiences or I guess English speaking audiences um, that after they worked on movies like Howl's Moving Castle, for example, 
uh, you got movies like Up and Monsters, Inc. And if you notice, in Up, there's, you know, the moving house. And it moves very similarly to how uh, House Moving Castle moves in that film. Uh, the same thing with the doors inside uh, House Castle. Uh, they kind of lead to other portals and other worlds. That is basically the, you know, that's where they got, I feel like, yeah. heavy inspiration for the doors and Monsters, Inc. that lead to other kids' houses. So you kind of see how all these like giant touchstones of pop culture kind of have all influenced one another and carried those things. It's incredible. We have to take another really quick break and then we're going to have Sabina talk to us about the Pixar theory, which will blow your mind right after this. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we are back. Sabina, would you like to talk to people about the Pixar theory? Yes, I feel like <laughs> the graph from It's Always Sunny of like, there's all these things that uh, have, you know, kind of consistently popped back up in Pixar films. Um, I'm not quite sure how it started, but for me, I think I started hearing about it when people started saying that the witch in Brave is Boo and that she's time traveling what? to find Sully. How did uh, someone come up with this? It's, I need it's the whole theory. The theory is created by um john negroni he basically put all of the pixar films into a massive timeline uh that he calls the pixar theory and it spans i think 65 million years like it starts at the good dinosaur essentially and it like makes its way on to like onward but that basically at some point like humans get wiped out humans develop superpowers that like you know in up when uh months is trying to like 
create, like, or, you know, give dogs, like, sentience or voices or whatever. Like, he stumbles upon something that leads to the Incredibles having superpowers. It's a lot, um, but it's a really fun thing to dig into if you're into that thing. And, and Pixar hasn't entirely rejected this idea. Um, I thought that, like, you know, it would kind of fall apart at movies like Coco and Inside Out. Um but actually, like, one of the things I saw recently was, uh, if you noticed, when uh, someone is forgotten in the Land of the Dead in Coco, they, they shimmer in, like, the same color that the forgotten memories and in Inside Out shimmer when they're, like, gone. And that's really upsetting to me. But <laughs> but it's also, you know, oh, like, you kind of see these little details that kind of, like, inform that, yeah, this is all, like, the same place. Um Along those lines of thinking, one of my personal theories is that Bing Bong lives. And I think it would tie into the Pixar theory because I firmly believe that the Bing Bong that we saw die in Inside Out or be forgotten in Inside Out uh, was just like a mental avatar for Riley's monster from Monsters, Inc. I think that Bing Bong is a comedian uh, who, you know, was probably collecting Riley's laughter. And he is probably somewhere at Mo- in Monsters at Work. Like, I am fingers crossed that he shows up in that Pixar show uh, of, you know, the the changeover from collecting children's screams to collecting their laughter and that we see Bing Bong return and be glorious and amazing and not dead. I do see something here. It says, you remember um, Merida opening doors and the, I'm saying that right, right? Yeah, Merida. Merida. Yeah, you remember Merida opening doors and the witch constantly disappearing? It's because those doors are made the same way from Monsters, Inc. They transport across time, and that's why Merida couldn't find the witch later in the movie. And then there was also, obviously, this little wood carving of Soli that you see for a brief mm-hmm. second in the workshop. Now, I appreciate this. I definitely think they all live in the same world, but I think that's just because... Pixar and Disney in general loves to do Easter eggs. Yeah. So I think that that's why you'll see like in Toy Story, you'll see in Coco, like some things from Toy Story and, you know, you'll see little Easter eggs throughout Disney. Yeah. I like Mm. how some of them were like, oh, uh, the cars, cars talk and have sentience because the emotions have moved into them. What? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's crazy. There's like a I whole there's a whole machine human uprising and like <laughs> have they built out a timeline? Because yeah, I'm it's it's a whole timeline. Like no, there's a whole book now. Like it, it's literally its own podcast. Honestly, the probably oh, wow. is a podcast that just breaks down the theory, which is basically like just Pixar conspiracy theories. <laughs> so it has its own in universe conspiracy theory. I would say. I mean, why not? <laughs> And, you know, the cool thing is, like, Pixar didn't just, you know, stick to Pixar. I mean, uh, creative heads from Pixar were consulted to fine-tune the script in the 2011 live-action film The Muppets. Uh, They helped with story development on The Jungle Book, uh, as well as providing suggestions for the film's, like, in-credits sequences. Yeah, and and I think that goes to show how... Uh, there was a big storytelling shift from just retelling yeah. mythology that we've grown up with in those timeless tales, but to also oh, yeah. just ask what we're experiencing now, like these questions of does this story need to be told? What about this story uh, will tell us and inform us about the life we're living and the life in the places that we want to go to um, and them being able to go in and kind of like, 
you know, infuse all these other things uh, around them with this tenant is kind of, I think, what's made, you know, the fabric of film and, like, animated films, like, richer contributed to that. Um, because, like, now you have, uh, I don't know, Danny, if you've ex- experienced part of this, but, like, when you go into different, like, rooms and get notes from, like, fellow creatives, like, that became a big thing with Pixar. So Pixar Story Trust would go to Disney uh, give critiques or ideas for the, those films, and then Disney mm-hmm. people go to Pixar mm-hmm. to screen their films and give story notes, and like now yeah, the, it's become that. Yeah. So even though Ralph was at Walt Disney Animation, they still went to Pixar to show the executives there the the movie, and then get notes, uh, kind of like a focus group. Uh, and then they would cut scenes, which I haven't seen and want to see. Maybe it's in the extra things or whatever. But Pixar would be like, nah, go ahead and cut this. <laughs> and uh, so that still does happen, even though they're technically separate. They are separate animation studios. Um, so another thing that we left out was that both former and current uh, Pixar Folks, uh, both former and current Pixar animators were recruited for traditional hand-drawn animated sequence for the 2018 film Mary Poppins Returns. I also know that isn't, um, oh no, that's not Pixar. I was about to say Howard, um, the guys that did, uh, isn't there, Brad Bird, no it is, Brad Bird is working on something right now, right? That's that's, um, live action animation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he's he's master, and he did you know the Mission Impossible film, and did a Tomorrowland, which was Disney, which also kind of like brought him and like Damon Lindelof together. Which ironically, I recently watched Watchmen, and there is a thing in Tomorrowland, like a like a memory sort of orb that the main character goes to that found new life in in Watchmen, and I was like, ooh, Tomorrowland reference, because uh, Lindelof. Um, but yeah, he and Lindelof like write stuff together they've done tomorrowland and i cannot remember what the thing he is working on right now is oh he hinted at it just a tiny bit but i do think it's like a combination of both of those uh pixar representatives have also assisted in the english localization of studio ghibli films mainly those from hayao miyazaki and like sabina was saying they developed a live action hidden camera reality show titled pixar in real life for disney plus so you can watch that out on disney plus right now so pixar in real life is basically taking characters from pixar movies and just throwing them in like real life environments for strangers to stumble upon people have stumbled upon like the emotional dashboard they've uh, stumbled across dash from <laughs> the incredibles and that one actually really got me I, like some of some of them were kind of like okay this is cute but the uh, dash one they had uh, a kid uh, at a block corner like um adults and be like hey can you time me i'm going to run around this block in 5 seconds and they would time him and he would run one direction and then he would just appear magically from the other direction and be like, oh, how many seconds was that? And he'd be like, oh, it was nine seconds. But they'd also be like, how did this child just get around this entire block in nine seconds? Um, but it, it was identical twins, spoiler alert, uh, that were pretending to be the character. Mm. And it's adorable. Well, 
Like you said, there's an entire podcast on Pixar because there's so many films. Yeah. Their, their latest film, by the way, which we mentioned, is Onward. So that's the mm-hmm. last Pixar film to come out. It dropped March 6, 2020, and then kind of didn't really get to be in theaters because of the pandemic. So yeah. they moved it to Disney Plus pretty quickly. I was shocked at how touched I was by this film. I really didn't think I would be, but they did it. They have a way of getting you with parental. They know that we all have parental issues in our lives and they just really know how to capitalize on that. Um, if you have you seen Onward? Not yet, no. Oh, you should watch it. If you have yeah. if you're like busy tonight or tomorrow, you should watch it and then get back to us. I think right. you would like it. Super uh super down. Oh, we didn't talk about the big thing. The moments that Pixar movies have made us cry. <laughs> Every moment. Every moment. Yeah, yeah. Um I know. Well, yes, we will give a shout out to Randy Newman, who I think set the stage for Toy Story. I mean, I don't think Toy Story would be the same without Randy Newman. Uh, Just a lot of iconic uh, songs. But also he did the music for Cars. We have to talk about Michael Giacchino, who did the iconic uh, music for The Incredibles. Also Ratatouille, both directed by Brad Bird and Up. So... Definitely. Yeah. They all set the stage like with Michael Giacchino's music for for, uh, Up. Uh, and Coco. Life and Coco. Yeah. My heart. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about this on other episodes, but Brad Bird has been very um, adamant that these are animated films. They're not kids films. And so I think he really doesn't like when people tweet at him about like, you shouldn't say that you make kids films. And he is like, I don't, I make animated films. Yeah. And so they're family films for sure, but it should be for every member of the family. And I do think that they do that. Great. Like I was saying, there were jokes that my parents got in toy story that I didn't understand until I was older. It still was very much like, you know, I had a Woody doll. My brother had a Buzz Lightyear. So it was still something that we latched onto, but also that adults could enjoy. Yeah, that's what, you know, and I think that's, I think we've talked about this on one of our many episodes, but that's kind of like the makings of a good uh, film is, is uh, a good, I guess, animated film is, it should, everyone should like it. I think really focusing on that word family film, like family isn't just the kids, family is the parent and all that. And that's the difference. You know, we'll watch a film. Uh, and it'll, and I would classify it as a quote unquote kids film because I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get why kids would enjoy this, but for me, nah. And then you'll watch a film and you're like, oh no, Naomi can watch this, but I can watch, I, even if Naomi wasn't here, I'd be watching this, which is a lot of, not a lot. I'd say every Pixar, yeah, even cars. That's always <laughs> the discussion <laughs> whenever it's so funny. I meant to mention this earlier, but when the discussion of pixar movies come up it they always say even cars i don't know what it is about cars <laughs> but people do not <laughs> really enjoy it yeah and it's about community too though because it's you know like mcqueen was all about like being the winner and like mm-hmm. being number one or whatever and he had to be humbled down to embrace the community around him that would uplift him to succeed again and yeah. like the, how the people around you are like the most important okay fine cars is my favorite cars movie <laughs> Love it. I think that we did it. I think mm-hmm. we talked about 
we can't get into all 22 movies, yeah. but we at least said their names. <laughs> uh, most of them are actually sequels as I'm looking through this. Uh, a good portion of this makeup is this, like, you know, Cars 3, Toy Story 3, 4, Monsters, Inc., the second Monsters, Inc. Like, they have a lot of sequels in here. Uh, oh, yeah. Finding Dory, going along with Finding Nemo. So, The Incredibles 2. Uh, so they definitely have that in the bank. Uh, making things that they're able to make for a decade, you know. Yeah. The first Toy Story came out in 1995, and the last Toy Story, which I can guarantee will not be the last last, even if they think <laughs> that it is, um, but Toy Story 4 came out in 2019. So, yeah. Wow. That is a, that is a long run. Yeah. Dude, as we were talking about scenes that made you cry, with Toy Story 4, when I knew that they were retiring these characters, I was just like... Also fascinating because it was the same year that this final Star Wars came out and they were like, we're retiring these characters. You'll never see them again. Um, And so when I was watching Toy Story 4, I was like, this is chill. I won't cry until the end. I know they're going to be gone in the end. Something's going to happen. They're going to send us off, but I won't cry until the end. The first five minutes of Toy Story 4, why and how dare you? Um, I was just like, no, they got me the first, how could they did it again? They did it again. I'll give, I don't want to give anything away, but it was between Woody and Bo Peep. It was a moment between Bo Peep and Woody. And I was like, why did you do this? There was rain. That was, that was so brutal. It's Why? so weird because, like, some of these Pixar movies recently are kind of way too real because, you know, mm-hmm. that was like, say goodbye to your old friends. And then, you know, obviously Coco was like, how to say goodbye to your loved ones and deal with death not being a final resting place. It could, you know, you will see them on the other side. And then they had to drop the trailer for Soul, which was like, <laughs> how to deal with your possibly incoming death. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm like, am I? I don't know if I'm ready for this movie. It was supposed to come out, I think, last week. Uh, oh, was as it? Of time of recording. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh. Um, really? I forgot to say, check out my friend Roy Wood Jr. starring in Soul. <laughs> um, he's just so Roy. For those that Jamie Fox is playing the lead in Soul, but the character looks exactly yeah, like it, Roy it, Wood Jr. It was so funny. <laughs> And so he's just been like running along with that joke. Um, so check it out. I hope that he <laughs> is at the premiere at least. I think he should be invited to the Definitely. premiere. Oh, yeah. Well, when they borrowed his face, you know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you got to at least get an invite. Well, a bunch of the animators follow him too. So I want to be like, get that. Uh, yeah, they knew what was Get up. that Pixar money, Roy. Um, Sabina, where can everyone find you? Everyone can find me on Twitter at Sabina has no R. I do many things. I'm a filmmaker and I am a story coordinator for the Something Scary podcast and channel on YouTube. Uh, And that's that we are snarled. I write the spooky things for (laughs) everyone. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, like anything I do will be on that platform. And my Instagram is at that lady graves. Ooh, that lady graves. Um, I am at Ms. Danny Fernandez on all the things. Yes, next week will be our last episode, but don't worry, we have a bunch of things planned and we'll be talking to some great people and having a lot of fun. So just remember, keep it fun. 
you know, mm-hmm. we're not dying. We're not going to yeah. end up in Seoul. Um, <laughs> this isn't Inside Out. This isn't the first 10 minutes of Up or Toy Story 4, literally any of those films, or Finding Nemo. Um, yeah. Ify, what about you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ify Wadiway, Twitter, Instagram, Ifty's on Twitch. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Just uh, come see me on Twitch. We'll be playing video games, you know? <laughs> Um, thank you again, super producer Joel, for popping in mm-hmm. and uh, and for working with Joel. us. Yeah. Uh, Zach McKeever, our engineer, Jackie Neal, who's been doing um, the editing, and Jackies. we will catch you <laughs> next week for our final week. Until then, stay nerdy. <laughs> stay nerdy. <laughs> right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.